from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12 of the Draft Rugby Podcast, where we discuss fantasy super rugby, the game they play online in heaven. You can find the website at draftrugby.com and get after us on the socials at Draft Rugby and support us on Patreon. I'm your host, Kagi, and tonight I'm joined again by my colleagues, Harry and Nelson. And now, look, we'll do something different this week. Um, he cops a lot of shade on the pod. Uh, in fact, probably the main reason I do the pod is to throw shade at him. But uh, since uh, since this rarely happens, I'll introduce him uh, first to enjoy his time in the sun. Nelson, how are you doing, mate? Ah, oh, mate, all the better for flogging you. So it's what was deserved and you're back where you rightfully deserve, mate. You say flogging, but it was pretty close, wasn't it? It's 200-odd was points or something. Oh, so almost doubled flogged him. Yeah, almost doubled him. Flogged almost him. doubled him. Right. And I had 13 wow. people, oh. 12 people, sorry. Nelson, how'd you go in the um, the triple league that we're doing, the big pretty sure I, top, I was right up there. Oh, you know, the... Don't you have to be in it to top it? Nah. <laughs> Craig, Craig was only lucky he didn't get kicked out because AJ sucked even more than Kagi. Yeah, our league's really bottom. Yeah, <laughs> what right is happening? Oh, well. Yeah, we're struggling. Excellent. Oh, Kagi, just on that, mate. Um, just on that. We, we said there was something we missed a fair bit of last year, but... Uh, how are you doing in the head-to-head matchups with other podcasters? <laughs> it's very, it's classic of Nelson to bring that in one one fixture in when he's um when he's got a win. But, well, um, well, one nil. No, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm currently one one nil down. Um, so look, I guess um, you set a really low bar for yourself by, by losing five nil last year. So you were the big zero. So uh, uh, six I mean, nil. Well six nil done. last year. Six nil. Sorry, six nil. Okay, You're living right, in the past. So couldn't really do, do any worse than that. But, you, um, you're living in the past, mate. Very good. All right, and with that, Harry, mate. Apart from um, the footy and uh, another fantasy win yourself this week, it's been a pretty momentous weekend for you as well, mate. How's it been? Busy, mate. Busy. Fully back from Melbourne Friday night. Moved house over the weekend, so this is the first pod that uh, Nelson and I are in my new pad. Finally, a homeowner in Sydney, which is pretty outrageous these days. So yeah, very exciting. And as you said, once again, sitting on top of the uh, the table. But by the sounds of our competition being all along the bottom of our combined <laughs> table, it doesn't say that much. That's true. I mean, look, the only point I'll contest there is um, a homeowner in Sydney. Are you still technically in Sydney? I don't know how many bridges you've crossed. Uh, I, we talk about this whether you're closer to Canberra or not. But um, just one. Look, we'll uh, move on. Yeah. <laughs> We've actually no, discussed we're, we're going to have a, a pool pod soon, mate. We're going to sit in the pool, lounge around, and, and do a pod in the coming weeks. That's right. That's true. Look, uh, t- to be fair, uh, as soon as I'm a part of that, I uh, probably will stop bagging it, won't I? So I'm um, <laughs> forward for that to come. So um, excellent. All right, but how, how about we get stuck in? So for, in tonight's pod for Entree, uh, we're going to review Super Rugby 2020 Round 3. Yes, we're off to Round 3 already. For the main course, we're going to preview what's to come and what to expect in Round 4. And for dessert, we're going to um, have a bit of fly-half chat. So we're going to just have a look at uh, which fly-halves have been kicking off in 2020. And um, just some averages. I know it's only three weeks in, but just uh, what we can expect from fly-halves in 2020. So, yeah, just give us a bit more insight. Off. A bit more insight, seeing how these guys are shaping up as, as fantasy players, because I know we've talked about it before, it's such an, a, an important position in, in your squad, and you want to shape your team around a pretty pretty stylish turn, I think. Indeed, indeed. All right, well, look, straight into the entree. Um, round three, the bye was the Bulls. Um, 
and I can't say that uh, Kagi. many of us missed that. Uh, sorry, I might yeah. just correct you. The, the Rebels also had a bye. They, um... <laughs> the Rebels did, did they? Yeah, yeah they versus the, the Suntars. Uh, the Sun Waratahs. Uh, yeah. Excellent. I think Suntars is better. But, yeah. um, we look forward to getting into that. But look, all right. How about Nelson, while you are talking, how about you take us through the first game of the weekend? Yeah, mate. I'll, I'll go first. Um, yeah, mate, I'll, I'll go first, just like I came first in our matchup this week. Blues um, Crusaders, you're going to talk about, yeah? Yeah, so the Blues Crusaders. The Blues lost this one 8-25, to uh, which is one try to three. I suppose we weren't overly surprised with that as an outcome. Um, there were a couple of injuries out of it. I think Josh Goodhue, he got an, an early ankle injury. Um, he hasn't gone on tour, so that's important to pay attention to. Scott Barrett, he had an MCL injury. Um, I think they're giving him until Wednesday. If he's not right Wednesday, he's out for the week. Um, obviously, they've got the bye the following week in round five, so they're probably uh, like on the side of caution. Yeah, um, I think so. Oli Jagerbomb, he's uh, also had a concussion as well. Um, and Will Jordan, everyone's favourite super sub, uh, he has a groin strain. It could be from aftermatch function, so private, private stuff. Um, notes from the match, Stephen Perifetta. Look, he, I think he had his best performance of the year so far. He showed some really good solid signs, especially early on in the game. Um, the Blues started really, really solid. A lot of it was off the back of a bit of go forward he created and offloads. He, he sort of, sort of um, created that attack for them. Um, he set up that perfect try for, I think, was it the Patrick Tupolotu? Or the line break for, yeah, Patrick Tupolotu yeah, try. Right, first try of the game. Who then still had a bit of work to do and reached over and, and dotted the ball down. But Richie Moe on the other side of the field, he absolutely carved up and he was looking slick. Um, prior, like, I mean, the first Crusaders try, I'm pretty sure, was off the back of a beautiful little flick from Jack Goodhue through the back of his hands to Bridge, who finally decided he could score a try for me. Um, that sort of, I think, put them up just before halftime, 5-11. Um, but then, yeah, Richie Moe did it himself, um, did a sneaky little chip kick, things like that as well early on in that second half to, to look pretty uh, pretty dominant and take control of that match. Uh, Cullen Grace, he was on debut, and we think he had a pretty solid game. He was um, awesome. He was yeah. just so good around the park. Really, really promising young player. Um but, I mean, his, uh, Tom Sanders' spot could be contestable, we're thinking, because he hasn't really nailed that down. In terms of match stats, uh, the Blues had 58% of possession, 62% of territory. They ran 407 to 286 metres. They, they had 33 tackle busts compared to the Crusaders' 17. They made double the game line carries, double rucks won. So what it proves is you don't necessarily need to look good in the stats column to win, and you don't need to have the ball to win. The Crusaders just used their chances, um, and they were just too too good when they did have, have the ball in hand. Um, it's, Fenners, yeah. it's classic blues, right? Yeah, 100%. It's classic Mate, blues. It's, it's, How many times have they dominated all the stats and just never come away with the result? If, you, if we go through this week, you'll, you'll see more and more. It's classic super rugby at the moment. The team without the ball is, is just more likely to win, it feels. Um, the fantasy man of the match, uh, this is going to hurt Craig's, Hoskins Satutu over that uh, no-name Akira Ooh. bloke. Uh, he got 63 points, 16 carries for 57 metres, three tackle busts, a line break, and one line-out steal. Goodhue got 50 points, George Ridge 48, Cullen Grace 45, Stephen Parafranchise 41. 
Very good. Yeah. Awesome. Pretty good. So I'm going to talk about the next one, the Rebels versus the Bai, slash the Suntars, slash the worst team I've seen in many, many years. Um, the score on this one was 24 to 10, three tries to one for the Rebels. It was close early on. Uh, realistically, I thought this was the two worst teams in the comp battling it out, but the Rebels did show up. Um, Matt Tamil's kicking game, I thought, was a really big part of the difference. He was just really good at controlling where the field, where the play actually took place. And obviously, it was really, really horrendous conditions as well down in Melbourne. Uh, I know this because I was flying out of Melbourne at the same time, and a lot of the flights have been delayed and cancelled because the storm was so bad. Do you, do you think the Waratahs actually truly suck and they're praying it rains so no one notices how shit they are? Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty likely, <laughs> to be honest. But the, the issue is, they keep sucking in the rain, but the teams they play don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like it's an easy out, but they're just awful. Um, Ryan Larens was awesome. So he obviously came yeah. on for Frank Lamani, who got pulled late because they had too many international players yeah. or foreign players. Foreign players. Which is just ridiculous it's, that they got into that position. Yeah, it, people are blowing up saying it's ridiculous for poor Frank Lamani, but it's pretty just poor management, I'm sure, it's by funny. the it's Rebels. It's Dave Vessels recruiting South Africans left, right and centre. Mate, it's the fact that they're going to have a blanket rule. It's not going to be like, oh, no, we feel like you got too much this week. Yeah. Yeah, but Ryan Lawrence was awesome. He uh, he was super physical, and we saw a photo of him today. The man is a unit. He's yeah. got Bo- David Pocock-style arms. I don't, Outrageous. I don't remember what drugs he got kicked out for previously, but it could be steroids. Because <laughs> he is massive. <laughs> that will not be uh, confirmed at all. Um, he, he, he got 24 points, but, man, he was just really good at sniping from the back of the ruck, down the short side off scrums. Very, very good. A couple more injuries. Reese Hodge injured his groin. Already had it taped, so it looks like an overload injury potentially. Thank goodness. Which could cause some big issues. Anaru Rangi came off pretty early. Not sure what the injury is just yet. And Cam Clark came off in like the 44th minute, or maybe even half time. So not sure if that was an actual injury or not. Um, and there was no one new coming into this one. The biggest takeaway for me was that Waratah's four pack were easily the softest in the competition. And it's going to be a big, big, big issue for them for the entire season if they can't get it right. Um, Kellaway's double took the game away from the Tars in the last seven minutes. It was neck and neck before that. That was the, the turnaround. And uh, last point from the actual game, Campbell Magnate at 13 looked really good. Big, you know, been, been waiting for a chance for him for a long time. I was super excited when he was at the Reds and he had a few cracks and it was sad to see him go. Good to see him back. Seemed like he really chose the wrong team to, to yeah. turn up at, to be fair. But they're all being pretty puss anyway, so give the men a chance. Yep. Um, look, the match stats were pretty boring. Not not a lot of tackles, not a lot of runs, not a lot of line breaks, so I'll kick on past them. The fantasy man of the match was Issy Nasirani on 67 points. He had 13 carries, 5 tackle busts, a clean break, an offload, 5 tackles and a couple of turnovers. He was a beast and just kept growing into the game. Almost scored a couple of times. Andrew Calloway, 48 points with his 2 tries. Matty Phillips sold again on 43. Good to see him starting to come back into form. Then from the Tars, you had Jake Gordon with 42 points and 6 tackle busts, a game high on his own and Robbie Simmons on 41 as well where did that come from I have no idea two things first of all did you just mention Rob Simmons on this podcast um, in a positive light captain he's Captain Mud he's Captain Sun (laughs) (laughs) wasn't he Captain Mud Sun very good yeah, no, uh, look, I was surprised, Harry, you didn't, you didn't uh, give yourself a shout-out there. Uh, Izzy Nazarani was, your, what, your second draft pick this year? So uh, he, you definitely yeah. had him on the... Yeah, he's just, he just does all the work, doesn't he? 
He so, does, and he just gets good game lines. He's got to start scoring tries, and I'll be absolutely high-fiving myself. He'll have a dud week in the next few. Exactly. All right, Nelson, <laughs> why don't you back us up and uh, take us through the next game, and then I think I've been lumped with the, the South African games, but this week I'm pretty <laughs> excited about that. But first, how about the Suck Wolves in. and the Chiefs? Yeah, mate. So the uh, Wolves went down 17-43 to 43 against the Chiefs. In terms of new injuries, Solomon Alamalo, he uh, had a bit of an ankle sprain, I think it was in the 44th minute. Um, they've already said he's going to be rested for next week, and then they have the bye following that. So I'm sure he'll come back ready and raring to go after that. Uh, I don't think there was any other injuries. Um, so. Returning Tian Falcon, we were already all pretty keen to see the Falcon punch uh, <laughs> return for the, the Chiefs. Uh, in terms of the actual match itself, look, the, the Wolves looked really, really good to start the game. 10 minutes. High energy. It seemed like it was a bit of an ambush for for the title contending Chiefs. So I I think they've definitely got some some talent there and a pretty good attitude. And they're they're enjoying the way they're playing footy. They they were throwing the ball around. They were taking chances. Um, I think they're going to surprise a team or two in this year. I know I know they already, they already have. have. <laughs> yeah, they already have with the Rebels. But I mean, an actual team, not um not a flop. Um, yeah, look, they, also they look pretty solid in their scrum. They, they won six or six of their own scrum. They lost two lineouts, but they stole two lineouts. So that's pretty bloody solid against the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, they're now you say that, but the Chiefs' lineout is far from yeah. their strongest. But I mean, they still had 100% of their own lineout. That's never bad. Against the Summers, because they're not good. No, I mean, the Sun Wolves had 100%. Oh, but yeah. yeah. I think they both had 100%. Right. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah. Um, I was thinking scrums. Caleb Trask, look, he was not very exciting from what I saw from the guy. Um, Kicks well. Yeah, no, he wasn't bad. He, he controlled the game a little bit with his, as you said, his kicking, distributed all right. But, I mean, nothing in terms of fantasy that you want to see on the on the field. Um, uh, Falcon only got on for 16 minutes So we didn't get to see too much from him But I do just like the look of the bloke Um, As I said the Wolves are now third in the conference Um, The Tars and Reds are still winless Probably because the Reds haven't got to verse the Tars To get their win yet Um, D-Mac was having a field day And uh, yeah I mean, he just absolutely carved up And it was finally good to see Quinn Tapea Actually doing something now that he's left Kagi's team Citing something about the... uh, his manager was pretty useless, so that's what was holding him back. Um, in terms, he was of, good. I know we're just breezing through this, but he—he—I'm just loving the lines he runs, and he's big and dominates. His try, he just ran over the whole team. And yeah, I think one last thing to point out was Dmac just carving the line up, my boy, and then giving the ball to Alamalo, and Alamalo goes, "Nah, mate, it's okay. Here you go." And gave the ball back to him to score. That could have actually changed some fantasy matches. Oh this yeah, week. I was. There were some close games. I won by nine points. That's a five point turnaround right there alone. Almost won me my matchup. Yeah, going back to uh, that. What I said in game one, the Wolves they had six hundred thirty-one meters to three hundred ninety-seven. 13 offloads wow. to f- four offloads. Um, they also they had five turnovers to 10 turnovers. That's the only thing that didn't work for them with Boshir getting three. What a stud. Um, Quinn Tapao was the man of the match with 78 points, 11 runs, five line breaks, eight tackle busts. He scored a try as well. DMAC, what else do you expect? 63 points. Quite Brad, a week from him then. Yeah, Brad Weber, 58 <laughs> points. Finally sort of earning that spot back. I think this week 
Um, yeah. More on that later. Lachlan Boshier got 53 points. And a guy we've been interested, I still don't want him on my team, but interested. Siosaya Fafita, 56 points on the wing for the Sunwolves. Um, Kagi, you had something to add? Yeah, no, I was just saying, on to Pyre, um, I mean, I think he's just deceptively big and deceptively quick, right? Like, he he was just huge that game. Um, yeah, he's and, a, he's and a we, weapon. We talked a lot about how, how that battle's going to play out with Nakabell and Tapaya in um, the starting, who's going to support Anton Leonard Brown there. And I think, look, it's tough to pick now, isn't it? Yeah, oh, so I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about that in the Chiefs' next game, hey, when we go through the review. Preview. Very good. All right, well, let's move on. Hurricanes and the Sharks. So, um... Oh, we've lost him. Hold on, we have lost him. Are you there, Craigs? I can hear you. Have you got me back? Yeah, Hurricane Sharks, mate. What what were you saying? I'm back. All right, I'll start again. Hurricane Sharks. Uh, Hurricanes won 38 to 22. Five tries to three. Um, Yeah, I guess... Not sure that's what we were expecting. Um, this game was an absolutely full of niggle um, from start to finish. Only kind of turned up when Dane Coles, uh, Dane Coles came on towards the end of the game there. But um, I think you two we'll called it. With... I, I went the shocks, but you two called the Hurricanes. Yep. Always, always correct. Uh, I think I think we saw enough signs from there. Um, the victory against the Hagawarians the week before, but um, yeah. Uh, all right. So for this one, new injuries. Tommy Detroit pulled pre-game. Nelson will be quick to tell you that was one of his players, so he couldn't have seen that coming. Um, Reed Princip for the Hurricanes was also pulled pre-game, so he was listed to start. Um, it was going to be Fafita, Princip, and Evans, and yep. um, Princip was pulled, and Karifi then started. Um, yep. Mapimpi. Uh, got injured in the game. Um, I forget what he did. I should have probably written that down. But um, anyone remember? He got injured. My pimpy. No, I, I I had him in the casualty war there. I thought you would look. He had oh, a concussion. I was going to say to our <laughs> listeners, you have to go check the, uh, the casualty ward. Yeah, concussion. All right. Well, similarly, so Chamberlain um, Bota or Bota Chamberlain uh, in his debut for the Sharks. Uh, Unfortunately, he got himself a concussion just 20 minutes in as well. So, um, not the way you want to start your Super Rugby career. Uh, returning, uh, we had we did not have Subu and Cozy returning. So, um, was he meant to return? God, okay, sorry, a bit sloppy on this game. But he did not return. Um, Dane Coles did return off the bench. And um, we did not see James Marshall yet in the season either. So, sorry, I think we got a few last week's notes in there. That's my bad. Uh, match notes. Um Oh, sorry. Also, while we're on that, Oxen Chair was benched just randomly. Um, so he was not injured or anything, but just um, listed to start and then pulled to the bench. So uh, both Oxen Chair and Thomas the Toy listed to start, but then they rolled out with two other props starting. So it was kind of... It's probably just a case of challenge. rolling the same front row together, you know? Yeah, that's right. I guess they train as units, so it, it does make sense. Um, all right, as I touched on, heaps of niggle. Um, I think one of the there was a few points that some of the South Africans were complaining about after the game. One of them was uh, there was a kind of tackle taking Esther Heisen out the sideline later on in the game, um, which stopped a pretty brilliant try. But um, he, uh, yeah, anyway, there was kind of I forget which Hurricanes player it was, but lifted their knee and uh, kind of looked like they were kneeing him in the in the gut. Um, but uh, yeah, just niggle all throughout. Um, Going through this a lot quicker, we, what did we have? So, uh, with Walter Chamberlain going off um, pretty early to this game, we had uh, Sonelli Nohama come on and play fly half and take the conversions for most of the game. So, he's 
that really exciting backup halfback, and um, he had an absolute ripper of a game. So that was a weird one, but the Sharks adapted and played well. Um, ben Lamb, probably the story of the game. He's back, baby. Two, he, he ran in two 50 meter tries. Uh, pretty much burned Farsi and Madosh Tamway. So how good? That's no mean feat. Bam. He was brilliant. Um, and then I guess look, the only other points out of this was yeah, the Sharks. Um, they just weren't as composed as they had looked against the Highlanders without with a few of these injuries. Um, and really, the Hurricanes, I just think, got under their skin. So um, even their set pace wasn't going to play. And their line-out was actually terrible. It was about 57%. So they only won 8 of 14. Um, yeah, just kind of plans didn't, didn't really go the way that they wanted to. It was completely unpolished compared to the week before. Uh, in terms of the stats, uh, no, I'm definitely running over time on this, but the only big ones were... Um, uh, tackle bus 31 to, to 20. So, so as in, sorry, 31 tackle bus to the um, uh, Sharks. So, yeah, defence just optional in this game. Uh, it was a 12 and 19 line break. So, it's just, yeah, it's plenty of fantasy points in this one. Um, but, yeah, fantasy man of the match, Benny Lamb, 80 points, uh, 114 metres, five tackle bus, three line breaks. Jordy Barrett, 56 points. Madosh Tambwe, 54. And Sikubunzo notched on 46 points. Yeah, yeah nice. perfect, mate. Well, Brumby's Highlanders, uh, this was an absolute nail-biter, this one. 22-23, uh, to 23, the Highlanders got it done, down three tries to two. So you had another man pulled pre-game. That was Rob Thompson. Apparently he had a quad strain. We're not sure about the severity just yet. Uh, CO Tompkinson uh, got yellow carded in this one as well, so he's on report, so you need to definitely keep your eyes open for what happens to him. But he had a, I think it was a high elbow to Tom Banks that originally they said it wasn't in his head, then Tom Banks was bleeding all over his face. So I'm not exactly sure where they got that video from. And Darcy Swain as well for the Brums was meant to be starting... Back, coming back from his niggly shoulder injury, but in the end, he um, he also didn't recover in time, so it was a late scratching. And Iray Simone, another to be pulled pre-game, was meant to play inside centre and end up getting ruled out with illness. No one actually coming back after all of that. Um, so I guess a couple of things from this one. The first, first of all, the Brumbies rolling mall is still their only attacking weapon, especially with Iray Simone off the field. They went... Far, far tighter, more narrow. Falau Fenger scored a hat trick, was absolutely dominant on the back of that rolling maul. Um, so there's still no stopping that at the moment. The Highlanders, though, probably not the best counter-attackers from that, that point of view, but good to know for the other teams that are, that are good in that area against the Highlanders. Um, Half-time, 12-10. The Brumbies had the edge. It was a, good, a, a decent game, but the, hurricane, the Highlanders were kind of hanging in there a little bit. Then there was that yellow card to Sarah Tompkinson and the Highlanders managed to hold them out and it really felt like they were starting to get on top of the Brumbies and that they could take it away from them. Then all of a sudden the game turned on its head again. You had Rishan Pasatoa come on, the young gun, 18-year-old, got his first run about the 60th minute. Ryan Lonigan, the, the backup halfback, kicked a couple of penalty goals. Then all of a sudden the Highlanders just put the pressure on, camped out on their line, um, forced some repeat penalties until Murray Douglas was yellow carded and on the back of that in the 83rd minutes Tariki Ben Nicholas broke the line to score and steal the game away last minute Nelson was blowing up a little bit he wasn't real happy with them finally deciding to call for someone going off their feet at the ruck in yeah, attack yeah look I, I just thought it happened five phases beforehand and the next 15 phases afterwards I think it was just slightly more obvious but it was the same thing happening repetitively from both sides. So to, to change a game outcome from it, I thought was a bit much. 
Yeah, it's, it's it's always a pretty marginal call to be honest with you, but it, it was it was fair enough when you did actually watch it to be honest as well. Um, match stats 105 to 141 run meters, which is clearly the worst I've ever seen. So I'm not sure if that's an error or not, but literally <laughs> I think the top run meters from a player was 22 meters or something like that. Um, there was no other interesting stats from the actual game, so we'll kick on again. The fantasy man of the match was Falau Fainga, obviously with his three tries, 86 points. He My had boy, 10 carries. For six meters and three tries. All that matters is he gets the tries. That's <laughs> one turnover, seven tackle tackles, and again three little fist pump things. Looking at the camera like he always does after he's rolling <laughs> more tries. The only other man with a notable score yeah. was Josh Dixon on forty points as well. It, it was at about that point of the uh, weekend's fixtures that I realised I'd lost the Nelson. So uh, <laughs> it was difficult watching anymore rugby. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, well, that takes us to the Lions Stormers. So, the Lions uh, won. Th- oh, sorry, lost thirty to thirty-three um, in what I'm going to call the game of the round. Now, that's why I said I was happy to talk about the South African fixtures uh, this yeah. week because, boy, was this an absolute cracker. So, if you guys haven't watched this yet, I highly recommend it. It um, it was a seesawing affair, and it really went down to the absolute wire. Um, all right, injuries. Salman Murat, he came off with concussion. That saw the return of JD Shigling. Um, so that will probably see Shigling back into his starting position next week, but we'll get to that. And also a fan favourite, one of my favourites, Wilhelm the Bone Crusher Alberts. Uh, he came off the bench for the Lions. So um, it was, and he was straight back into his old ways, uh, giving away a few penalties and kind of almost heading towards the yellow card, I thought. But. Um, yeah, so what made this game so good? Um, basically, it just went back and forth. So the Stormers started really strong. Um, a player who definitely has to get a shout-out was Godlen Masimla, um, who was replacing Her- Herschel Yanchis. Um, and he was an absolute gun. Uh, 72 run metres, two tackle busts, two line breaks, but more importantly, a 50-metre intercept try. Um, he kind of just looked like Yanchis 2.0. So um, there were signs of him early when he, he came on um, in his short little cameos. But, yeah, he had an absolute ripper of a game. Uh, and, look, the Stormers' defence was just pretty insane majority of the game. But um, the Lions just kept coming, and they really came out that second half absolutely hammering. Um, Elton Yarchi's stepped up. I think that's some of the best footy I've ever seen him play. He really just stepped up, took the team on his shoulders. And, um, and yeah, he was instrumental in both second-half tries. And pretty much everything, all play really went through him. He took over directing everything putting people through holes, um, running the ball at the line like I've never seen him. I haven't seen him do it in quite a while. It's a brilliant game for me. And, yeah, so the Lions kind of started the second half with two tries. Sorry, yep, go ahead. Uh, You were just cutting out a little bit, but, uh, yeah, no, you're you're all good. Oh, excellent. All right. Um, And, uh, yeah, so, no, the Lions, two uh, second half tries, and basically the Stormers, yeah, absolutely clinched it in in the very end, the 83rd minute. Um, and broke all of the home fans' hearts. But um, someone's heart who was, uh, I guess, excited, maybe a little bit broken, was um, Nelson with uh, Wandersile Similani only coming off the bench for the last 17 minutes. And uh, whilst he had one little play where he looked a little bit exciting, unfortunately didn't really get any opportunities. But um, he's definitely one we want to watch. So, Nelson, you'll be excited to know he's back. I am, mate, especially after Rob Thompson was pulled. I thought, at least I've got uh, Similani there, but he didn't do much. I think he got zero points. Very good. All right. Now, we always say the Lions, any Lions fixture defence is optional, and this is the stat I thought I was talking about before. 34 tackle busts. So the Huge. Lions 
just not tackle. Yeah, that is absolutely ridiculous. The yeah. set piece, they talked it up all week about how the lines were going to have to step up with the scrum and line outs, and boy, they did. So apart from Yanni, giving, Yanni did the sea giving away a few penalties, um, the Lions only lost one scrum, and um, the line outs were pretty even. So um, it was huge from the Lions. Uh, <clears> fantasy <throat> man of the match, Elton Yarchi's 74 points, 10 carries for 67 metres, 7 tackle busts, um, a try assist and two line breaks. Uh, could see Andres could see 60 points. Good game from him. A lot of kick returns. Sergio Peterson, 54 points. That's the first time we've seen him looking really dangerous. And Wano Augustus, his first start at number eight, 51 points. Hopefully we'll see him again next week. Augustus was a weapon, but the reason I'm waving at you, Craigs, is actually you ha- ragging on the Lions, mate. They beat 34 defenders. They didn't miss 34. The Stormers are the team that missed all the tackles. They defended at 76% to the Lions, 84%. Don't just typecast the Lions. Don't just typecast the Lions. You're a hater, mate. mate. Come on, you're a hater. You you can tell that this is the stuff that makes you slip down the ladder, mate, in the fantasy. Yeah, you don't know. You just go on your preconceived ideas. Yeah. So low, mate. (laughs) Very good. All right, maybe I'm going to start paying more attention. Look, it's, uh, it's only good if I'm behind Nelson on the table, so uh, I'm going to have to step up my game like Elton did. <laughs> yes. Yeah, mate. Um, so the next game is the Jaguares versus the Reds, the second game of the Reds on the road where they, they came close. They lost this one 43-27. to Patea, he uh, dislocated his shoulder, so there was no Patea for this match. Geronimo, During the week. Yeah, the midweek. Week. Geronimo, well, no Patea would mean he's not there. Geronimo de la Fuente, Geronimo, he, uh, he has gone on tour, so he is he is travelling with them, but he was pulled pre-match as well. Do you know what he had done, Harry? Hero? Uh, no. Okay, and Augustin Crevy as well. He was another one pulled pre-match. It was just the week of uh, pre-match pullouts. I don't he, know why. He failed to recover from a bicep injury, and he's not going on tour to South yeah, Africa. Which is a three-week tour, important to note. So um, I, I wonder if they're going to bring him in, but we don't know yet. Yeah. So people that returned, uh, Juan Cruz Malia, Magia. He returned in that 12 jersey. He was going to be off the bench, but he got good t- game time. A concussion that was what held him away. Batista Delgui, he uh, returned from a groin overload. And Harry Hawkins off a hand fracture. There's a lot to get through in this game. It was a game of two halves. I know it's pretty easy to say, but the Reds looked absolutely brilliant yet again for a chunk of this game. It was that first 40. They were absolutely immense. They broke out to a 24.7 point lead. Then they scored three out of the next 39 points. Now, good. Um, so we were all just like high fiving across the, the internet at that time. They they were brilliant. Um, the they uh, had actually when the points started stemming out of them as well. Like they they basically shut it down, worked hard to to stop that flow, but then gave away a couple more penalties. They kicked a penalty back themselves, and then Liam Wright he got carded for a repeat infringement, making it the team's third in in two weeks. Cost me my attacking bonus point in fantasy as well that yellow card. Yeah, and he uh they they led in three tries in that time. They were leading twenty seven to twenty two when that happened, and that's why the Jags ended up snagging that game. Controversial point. Uh, Taniela Tupo, he was dominating uh, in the scrum and he absolutely crunched his opposite number. I can't remember if it was Vivas still at the time. Um, and then he got penalised. He had a bit of a whinge and then he got marched 10 more metres from the, the ref. Uh, Hunter Karev... What was that, Craigs? I was going to say, yeah, it's because he was crushing him all game. Like The red scrum was just getting robbed. 
yeah. literally all over them the whole game, and uh, and Selmy just had no clue what was going on when it kind of came to officiating the scrums. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, and now someone I'm calling Hunter Karevi Patea 2.0 Payasami because he offers a lot of what both of them do. Who's an absolute gun? Bang! Yes, you heard me. He's a gun. Bang! He uh, got six tackle busts, three line breaks, two offloads, a hundred percent tackle success. He was absolutely awesome in that 13 jersey. O'Connor, surprisingly, was legit at 10. Looked really, really well. I did did not think I'd ever be saying that. And uh, Chris Fayoi Saltia is back, baby. He was on a rampage, clearly uh, wanting to nail down that starting jersey. Um, the the Reds, again, I mean, they had 18 to 9 tackle busts, 30, uh, sorry, line breaks, 31 to 20 tackle busts, 528 to 338 uh, metres, 60% in the first half possession, whereas only 42 in the second half, 14 to 5 offloads, but they also had 13 to 3 penalties. So apparently the Lions only did three things worth being penalised when their scrum was dominated nice. the whole match. Nice. CFS, Chris Afiawai Sortia got 71 points. Uh, he had 10 carries, 3 line breaks, 3 tackle busts, 2 tries as well. Julian Montoya got 64 points with 3 tries. Hunter Payasami, 60 points. Tate McDermott, 57. Alex Murphy, 56. Jock, 54. And Kubeshi, 53. Huge. Cool. Very nice. Lots of points. Very good. Well, look, let's... Um... That takes us on to our, our main course, previewing Super Rugby Round 4. So um, the buys in this one, uh, it's the first time we've got a triple buy, and we have the Lions, Waratahs, and Hurricanes. So, um, Well, the Waratahs yeah, have had managers. three buys already, haven't they? The buys, you, you normally come off better so, off a buy, you know, you win that one. Yeah. This is true. <laughs> but, um, jumping into the f- first fixture, this is a, a grudge match: the South Island uh, Derby, the Crusaders, and Highlanders. Harry. Yeah. Okay. So there's a few new injuries. Obviously, people need to keep their eyes on for this one. Co. Tompkinson, if he gets a ban. Rob Thompson's quad. Not sure how bad that is just yet. Scotty Barrett's MCL. We mentioned as well with a bye the following week. Like Nelson said earlier. I think if he's touch and go, then he won't play. But he also wasn't taped up at training, apparently, they said in one of the reports. So that's a pretty good sign that it's pretty minor. Um, so you never know. You still might see him. I wouldn't be trading him away just yet. Oli Jaeger, the starting prop, has a concussion and is going through their protocols. Didn't train today because of that. And obviously, Will Jordan has his groin injury as well. Not sure of the severity yet. Um, the way he steps, he needs it to be at 100%, surely. Returning, Tay Walden did get benched last week with that late injury to Rob Thompson, but didn't get any minutes. He obviously wasn't right yet. I reckon he had broken ribs before the season. That's the only thing that makes sense to me at the moment. So hopefully he's recovered enough that they can just slide him straight in at 12 or 13, depending on what's happening with the uh, with Robbie Thompson. And then you got Parry Parry Parkinson, who missed last week with a, quote, <clears throat> grumbly unquote, ankle. Uh, so you would expect that he only misses one week with something that is so scientifically uh, diagnosed as, as not being that badly, not, not that bad of an injury, sorry. So a couple of interesting, interesting ones for this. First of all, the Cullen-Grace effect. When you come on your first ever start and play that well, 
Can you possibly drop him? I just don't think you can. Fetu Douglas, they said, has two breaks in his fingers from a couple of weeks ago and won't miss significant game time for those managers for him. Probably won't play this week, so I think most likely Cullen Gray starts at six. Tom Sanders stays at eight, but, mate, Cullen Grace has got to be a decent shot of taking Tom Sanders' jersey at six when Fetu does come back, if he can play like that another game or two. Craigs, what you, you agree with that? Oh, for sure. And they loved him because he could play both lock and um, and back rower. But, uh, no, he yeah, absolutely stepped up and he looked exceptional, didn't he? <clears throat> he, yeah. was, he was solid all over the paddock. Yeah. Like, also in lineouts as well. He was brilliant. And speaking of locks, I think if Scott Barrett doesn't play as well, Luke Romano, you could even see him get his first start in forever. I don't know if he plays Ooh. the front end again. I don't, I, don't, I don't actually, my honest <laughs> opinion would be I think they would put someone else in front of him. Well, Quinton Strange is maybe going to come back through this week. Mm. He's kind of touch and go at the moment. I think he's within the next week or two. But, um, yeah, it's really hard to call. I'd, I'd love to know how many, when was the last time Luke Romano started a game of Super Rugby. I feel like it's got to be like three or four years ago now. Well, this this is the 25th season, right? <laughs> so he probably was in the first season. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, <laughs> Very, very true. Um, Moving right along, Mikey Alatoa should get a start, who's a very good fantasy scorer for those looking for a prop. They seem to have really rejected him as a starting prop now that he's gone to Samoa. Yeah, Samoa. But uh, very good fantasy prop when he does get a start. Um, The centre's dynamic is going to be really interesting. If Rob Thompson's not right, then I could see them just putting Tay Walden to 13. But uh, otherwise, surely not what they did last last week. What was their late patch up? The the Bulls player that's come across. Oh yeah, I don't even want to say his name. I don't remember. Uh, it. Yeah, Bum <laughs> McGee um, won't get another start at thirteen. Um, but uh, going into the rest of the back line as well, apparently Lester Fangaranuku played a prominent prominent role on Monday's training session. So apparently he's a chance you would think from that running with the first team to get a run this week but I'm just not sure who that would be for could be on the bench uh, it could just be on the bench yeah, and they're just trying to get him to build those combinations and then the last one for me was Jack Goodhue and Braden Enora, the only backline players, along with David Villiers, but he's just been the patching man, that haven't had a rest. They've tried to rest a lot of their All Blacks. So surely that means if someone was going to get a rest from the backline this week, it would be Jack Goodhue. He's had 182 minutes from his first three games, which is pretty much bang on what was recommended. But obviously with a buy next week, it's not a really high priority for them, but just something to keep your eye on. Very good. All right. Um, don't have to cover that again, but what, what do we see the result here going? Crusaders by lots. <clears throat> yeah, I'd say the exact same thing. Yeah, I'd be surprised if, if anything different. Um, so, yes, very good. All right, that takes us to the Rebels and the Shorts um, in uh, Melbourne. So, <clears throat> new injuries for this one. Um, Pimpy and Bota Chamberlain both going through concussion protocols. Chamberlain um, you know, might be back on the bench possibly, but um, Reese Hodge, uh, groin injury, so uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see the severity of which. Um, and Anarurangi, I think, also had a concussion, so um, we'll have to watch this space for them. Returning, Thomas Dutoit from illness, Koo and Bosch, so he missed last week because he flew out for a funeral, so he it's been confirmed he's flying back across, getting those business class points back. Um, and uh, and Subun Kozi, um, Will we see him rejoin the squad? He's just kind of had little nigglings plaguing him. Um, there was there was a call for Nahambe to start at fly half, eh? Hey? <laughs> yeah, oh, mate. It's just I, I, well, I'm going to get into it, but I wanted to just start full stop. 
I mean, I know Lewis Schrader was the captain last year, and they sort of he's not the captain this year, but they still see him as a bit of a leadership figure. But how exciting is Nahamba? He's uh, you know I talked about uh, Masimla being very similar to um, Herschel Yanchus, but uh, Nahamba, wow, he's an absolute ripper. So um, it's sure. funny that like generally we don't get that excited about scrum halves coming out of South Africa, but they've got a whole host of them now, don't they? Yeah, they're stacked at the moment. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see how they go. Um, Rebels, uh, look, they may, have scratched, well, they may have got the win over the Suntars, but um, I can't really see it going the same against the Sharks. Um, sure. With Bosch back, um, and I don't think the Rebels are capable of the niggle that the Canes were, so I think we'll see a much more composed um, Sharks this week, um, and I think that they're just going to be too much class um, for the Rebels. Um, <coughs> in terms of, let's just go through a few more positions. Talked about, I mentioned Nahamba. Similarly, Ryan Lawrence, I mean, how good was he? So... Um, I would miss, I'd be surprised if we don't see him getting another start and hopefully he can build that combination further with Tamua to make it seem like he really got a lot out of Matt Tamua there. Um, Hodge, I said, Hodge, even if Hodge is back, to be honest, like Campbell Magne was looking absolutely beasty in the centres there, so leave him there, find Hodge, room for Hodge somewhere else, I think. Um, yeah, I think um, that's, the, that's tw- fine. the 24 jersey suits him well. <laughs> yeah. Poor old Hodge has been a very good player for Australia for a man that's just been shifted around. <laughs> Yeah, he needs to find um, his spot, or else he's just never going to get yeah. a, a, a solid crack. I agree. That's his problem, isn't he? I love him sometimes, and sometimes I'm just like, mate, you don't fit in. Sorry about he's, that. But, um, he's definitely not a winger. Yeah. <laughs> he finishes no, well. He's, he's just not fast nah, enough. Mate, he's not a winger. That's it. He's a 14. Um, Slow. And for the Sharks, yeah. uh, and Colsey, doesn't matter if Nikolsi's... I'm not sure if Nikolsi's back or not, but Madosh Tambay has been feeling an absolute ripper feeling in. He was a great pickup from them, and... Uh, I think he's kind of the perfect solution for them to manage their Springbok wingers throughout the season. So, yeah. Pimpy and Colsey, um, he's been a great for them. Uh, the only other thing I'll say in terms of uh, staffing, um, Sukabuzo, Nochi, and Venta have been absolutely amazing. But uh, Tyler Paul, well, I mean, he's Tyler Paul. He's bloody terrible. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, if, he's, if, he's, if he's in there with the Peter Steph role, trying to be good for the lineouts, well, their lineout was about 50% last week. Uh, and one thing the Rebels have been good at is lineouts. So, uh, I reckon maybe it's time for Tyler Paul to sit down and let's get Pepsi Butalese on there, get the youngster in um, and see what he can do. So I think, I think they just wanted a bulkier loose forward because the other two are pretty small. I know, but Tyler Paul's terrible, you know what I mean? Like, get, put, put, some, put, put yeah. someone else on. Yeah, fair, fair. Anyway. Pepsi's not um, small, though, is he? He's, yeah. not a, he's not a big body, but... No, yeah, Pepsi's a big dude. But, um, but look... Um, I mean, speaking of big dudes, I, I probably shouldn't, but uh, LaRue La Roots, I absolutely love that bloke. He's 140 kilos. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to play more than, like, the back... Mate, tw- 20 seems like it's going to be a push for someone of that size. Yeah. <laughs> but but he, he's kind of like Luke Romano. You know, he comes on towards the end of the game. If, you, if you're getting tired at all and you're like, oh, crap, so, this guy running at me and cleaning me out, you know? I think, yeah. Look, he, he's like um, Romano without the talent or the experience. Yeah. Um, that's probably. <laughs> yeah. He's got the haircut though. He's got. He's got a. He's got a sick. Uh, that's know, fine. Mullet mohawk. So I'll back that. But um, yeah. but yeah. No. Look, I mentioned uh, the rebel. Look, I, the rebels aren't going to win the kicking territory in this game at all against Bosch, but they should attack the line out. As I said, um, I wonder if we might possibly see Luke Jones back this week in the casualty ward. Harry's just said he hasn't got a lot of confidence because we haven't heard anything, despite it. Seemingly supposed to be a relatively minor injury, but um, you're a Luke Jones owner, right? Sorry, you're a Luke Jones owner. I should just point out. 
I, I am, yep, I am. So, no, I'd like to see him. But, um, but anyway, look, as I said, uh, I don't think there'll be the niggle and the flair of the Canes. Uh, I reckon a very composed Sharks outfit is going to get this more than done against the Rebels at home. So, um, what do you guys think? I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. with you. Fair call. Very good. All right, well, Nelson, how about you take us to the Chefs and the Brumbies? Yeah, look, this this is uh, shaping up to be a top of their two sort of conferences battling it out here. Um, but that's like me being top of our our conference, right? Like, <laughs> it doesn't mean that much for the Brums. No, but look, I mean, the Brumbies have beat another Aussie teams. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Cool. I mean, they look. Are we going to see? Are we going to? We're going to see last year's game where the Brumbies beat the Czechs by like 50 points or something, you know, just completely out of nowhere. I'd say no. <laughs> just, I mean, it, yeah, fair yeah. Look, I, I think uh, hopefully we're going to see Darcy Swain uh, back. He, mm. he missed last week with that pregame with his, uh, was it his shoulder? Yeah. Um, and Solomon Alamalo, we don't really know how bad his ankle sprain is, but um, yeah, I, I think we said he's being rested, so he's not going to be there. Um, other than that, yeah, I don't think there are any other injuries. We, we'll see the return of Aaron Cruden, Anton Leonard Brown, Sam Kane. You might know those guys. They're pretty good footy players. Fairly yeah, handy. Yeah, and uh, look, hopefully we see R.A. Simone back after his illness. Um, Tommy Cusack after his concussion. And look, I, I mean, I'm super keen, and I, I, my gut tells me we're seeing Luke Jacobson this week. He was supposed to be back last week. Um, but he uh, look. I am a manager of of him, but look, he was supposed to be aiming for last week, and they've given him that extra week. And there's all reports that uh, Brad Weber, Solomon Alamalo, and Lachlan Bashir are getting rested this week. And and obviously, when they start dragging out concussions, it does start to ring some big alarm bells. But it looks like the chat is very positive about him. Yeah, they they said actually last week that it wasn't his concussion that was holding yeah. him back. It was another little niggle. Yeah. Um, look, this is going to be the first away game for the Brumbies, so that's going to be probably confusing, walking out of different sheds for them. Um, not as much smoke around as well. They might be able to see what's going on. But look, they, they lost last week with ill discipline. They're not going to get away with it again this week. Um, so, uh, I mean, not that they got away with it last week, but they, they're going to be, I think they're going to be on the ball this week and they're going to come out firing. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of those silly little um, errors from them again. But look, the absence of Simone was humongous. I think he's just... Surprisingly humongous. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we loved him back in the NRC and then he didn't seem to do anything for the Tars. But he's he's become this perfect link man for them, for the, the forwards and then the outside backs because they do have that talent. And when he wasn't there last week, they just couldn't get the ball out wide with any creativity. Um, I, I dare say he has the most potential out of any inside centre in Australia because he can be physical or play a ball player. Yeah, he's, he's got a uh, all round. You. Yeah, you guys are coming, you're coming round. I was the only one giving him raps, mate. I was mate, like, he, could, we, he, still, he could do it. We, we, unlike you, watch the NIC. We've been giving him raps for years, mate. Just waiting for it to happen. He, yeah, you got to leave the Waratahs for your career to start in general. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, I mean, he keeps the defenders honest and tight as well because he can just, he's a big body, he's doing a bit of what TK should be doing, um, but he's also able to throw some chips, oh, throw some balls. Yep. Well, on that, Nels, how, how's TK been doing this year, Harry? I think you're a manager, a fantasy manager of TK. I don't know, I keep winning, so I don't actually look that closely, to be honest. <laughs> That's fine. I don't know if he's got more than 10 points this week in three three games so far, so his, his role really has been taken over by... He'll turn it on when I need him. 
Yeah, he'll yeah. turn it on when I need him. Look, I think Darcy Swain's also going to be an important one to come back in. Um, does anyone know where Blake and Never going to play again is? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> because he was supposed to be one of their, their locks. We had him listed as their, their top block, I think. <laughs> yeah, with um, with Swainy there with him. So, look, I think Swain's going to have a big impact back again. Not sure where Lockie McCaffrey fits into that squad. I mean, I love the aggression. He's just got so much mongrel and just mouthing off at other players and rubbing their face in the dirt. In the starting team, that's where he belongs. Yeah, he, he does belong in it. I think, but... I think that's what they did well last year, right, was that they had this uh, plethora of... Uh, plethora. Yeah, look, I mean, they also see, obviously not to the same mould as, as Will Miller, but they, they see Pete Samu as an option for seven, which means you're going to have McCaffrey slip straight into eight, and yep. oh my God, that back row is amazing. To be fair, I love it with Will Miller as well. He's such a good pilgrim. Tommy Cusack. But, yeah, Tommy Cusack back. It, they've just got too much talent. It's ridiculous. Um, look, I can't see the Chiefs losing this one with Cruden back in that 10 jersey, steering them around. It's going to be the, the Chiefs' flares versus uh, the Brumbies' malls, and hopefully we see Fanger get a few tries there, but I just don't think it's going to be... Hopefully uh, for who? <laughs> hopefully for me, mate. <laughs> um, and look, for, for one of our wing spots, we're talking about no more Alamalo this week. So potentially we see Wainui, or maybe, I highly doubt it, but maybe we see Kenny Naholo get a chance. Please. Oh, fuck. Wave a pick up. Go oh, for it. If, uh, Kagi, you're just saying Nanai Satoru. No, he's, um, he said seven. he's going to be supporting the Chiefs this year. So I don't think we're going to see him play at all. Just like half of your players have been supporting you during the week in that matchup. So. Not playing, yeah. Yeah, they were shit. Um, well, they, did, they didn't really support me, did they? I mean, they, just, no, they, they, they were cheering you on. They weren't doing anything on the field. But yeah, look, and I'm not sure how the, the uh, centre pairing is going to shape up for the Chiefs. Um, but surely at the moment your gut says that Tapayas had that run um, over Nankervell. But in saying that, they might give Nankervell and ALB that, that chance back again together and, and, and finish off that... Uh, and, and Tepe is young. So, like, you don't want to play him too many games in a row. I could yeah. see them give him a break as well. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. I, I was going to say, well, it, it's kind of, it's all hedges on exactly how Warren Gatlin sees um, uh, Anton Leonard-Brown. And I think he really does see him as a 12. So, um, you know, Tepe, he, as you said, he's young today. He's 20 years old. Um, Nankerville can play both 12 and 13. But in the past, they've run Nankerville at 12 and ALB at 13. Um and, uh, and yeah, don't forget, Nankerville came off an absolutely amazing season to the Tasman Marco, and they won that competition. So yeah, um, did. It's not like he's out of form. No. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Let's kick on. So we got the Reds versus the Wolves. Um, middle of the table clash for the Australian Conference. New injuries <laughs> in this one. We mentioned Jordi Patea. For those that have been living under a rock, apparently he dislocated his shoulder on Wednesday of last week. Had to fly back from South Africa to get scans to see how severe it is. The guy is under 20 years old, shoulder dislocation in a contact sport. This is a massive red flag for me. So to give you the rundown, if he has any damage on that socket, then he'll be going for an operation. If he doesn't, and it's his second dislocation, he'll be going for an operation. And if he it's his first and he doesn't have any damage, then they'll give him about six weeks to recover, I would think. And then hopefully he doesn't redo it. But this is not looking good for him, I'll say that. If I'm a manager and you can get any kind of value for him now, personally, I'm selling him now. Yeah, if, if you, And that's huge because we said he could be the top Australian scorer. Yeah, Harry is very much a, a safe manager. He wants to 
bank on what he thinks are, are points, he'll, he'll keep them in the, the bank. So I would actually listen to this if I'm a manager and see if you can get on, on top of other people with it. Yeah. Nelson, did you just say that you listen to other people's advice? Because that's, that's not yours, mate. Because no. you're on the bottom of the table. <laughs> no, I, I agree. But Ty should get a bloody elastoplast um, sponsorship deal, I reckon, uh, because I just need to take him up like a mummy. Like, poor guy. Poor uh, guy. So poor, you, poor Australia. You too. also might have exciting youngster Fraser McWright coming back from this one. Had off-season hip surgery, then dislocated his thumb. Uh, they said he would miss the first three weeks. I, I don't obviously really see him just pushing straight through nah. or anything like that, but. Um, you never know. It is against the Wolves, so they might just run a few subs. Yeah, true. But, I mean, they also had Luca and Salaka Lotto go back into that six jersey yep. this week, so it yeah. makes it even harder. Hard to pick, hard to pick. Um, and then for the injuries returning for the Sun Wolves, I've basically said, who the fuck knows? All cares. <laughs> so, first, on, on exactly that note, maybe some some, some Wolves players that you are worth picking up at this stage. First of all, Jabba Bregbadze, the Georgian hooker, <clears throat> is the top hooker in the game at the moment with a 54 average. Nelson's cheering On my there. bench. <laughs> yeah, maybe he should be in your side. Jabba the hut. Uh, he, he won't be scoring a mole. I was going to say he won't score a rolling mole try this week against the Reds because their line-out defence is really good. But Montoya scored three and then the sub scored another one last week, so maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they did have 48 cracks at it. Yeah, and they, and they put the whole team into the line-out. Yeah, exactly. Siosaya uh, Fafita, 38 points last week, just gone. Oh, sorry, 38-point average, 56 points last round. He's just another one of those giant wingers that can just shrug people off. So he's an exciting winger as well. He's in a Kagi mold. I now expect him to pick him up round one trade night. The new Saumaki, who we, we prepared to go that oh, far. No, no, not he's, yet. He's, but who knows? Look, he's, well, actually, unlike, unlike Salmarki, he appears to be playing, though, actually. So, I mean, that's a true. huge, you know, positive. So. True. And Garth April, 52-point average, but he has got two tries. Currently the top uh, fly half as well. We'll that's, see if he can keep that up, but impressive. Are you suggesting that's not something you want out of your fly halves? I just think that maybe it's like, uh, I guess, a, a false positive to his scores. <laughs> yeah. But maybe. he has been running good holes. Yeah, an anomaly. So, so I guess the Reds are brilliant in this uh, in patches. If they can put an eighty minute performance, so they could win this game by forty points. But who knows if that will happen? They haven't put an eighty minute performance up yet. The Sunwolves defense is far from the best, but their their attack is lightning as well. is is awesome to watch. Um, we haven't seen the the Sunwolves tour yet, so we don't know if they're going to send a different side or if they're going to send their normal side. I reckon Surely. there's a decent chance they rotate it, but. The only difference is you see they don't have more than 23 They don't players. have other players. <laughs> Maybe we can get Young Horan in. Yep, probably not. No, nah, probably not. Um, Hunter Pasami is a weapon. He's going to get an exciting run. If you can't keep Jordan Patea, maybe just sub him out for Hunter Pasami. Shit, he's good. <laughs> uh, the only question mark there is Chris F. Sortia. Obviously, he can play centre as well. So he could end up playing 13. They put Jock Campbell back to win and put either Bryce Hegarty or Isaac Lucas into fullback. So there is a lot of uh, different machinations that can kind of go, uh, have a big impact on the game in uh, the back line. Um, and on Isaac Lucas, what the fuck's going on with him? James O'Connor was awesome at 10 on the weekend, and he's gotten eight minutes or less than 10 minutes it's two weeks in a row. Super strange the way they've done it. You, you've got to think, if they were backing him, why is this happening now? But it almost looks like Thorne shat himself and goes, shit, he's not our 10 this year if we're going to try and get a win. Yep, and uh, Hamish Stewart um, has, has been solid at 12 without being spectacular. Good indeed, good kicking game. So I guess it depends what makeup they want in their team, but... Yeah, re- really interesting to see how all that plays out, and we haven't got the faintest, I don't think. Nope. Um, I think with, with, 
with James O'Connor, it's interesting because for fantasy managers, it's probably no good that he's not playing centre. But um, <clears> for the team, I think yeah, he was exceptional at ten. He, he really, he really matured, well. matured into that. Yeah, I think yeah. he's. I think he's got all right, but he was great around the paddock last week. Yeah, he, he was. I don't know where it came from. Harry Hawkins, I'm, I'm expecting if Salakai Lotto starts, stays at six, then he'll probably usurp Angus Blythe and push him back to the bench. And then the last thing is watching that some Wolves games, the the, uh, the Wolves game, sorry, against the Chiefs. The Chiefs scored a lot of t- tries out wide. The some Wolves seem to t- uh, defend very, very tight. And then that way you have a man running around the back and there is a lot of space out in the wings. So there is the potential for Reds wingers to pick up some points this week as well. Yep. Yeah. Very good. Um, Reds so by fifteen. Reds by fifteen. That's what I was, was going to say. Yeah, I don't think we'll be get a, a rebel surprise <laughs> here on this one. Yeah, I think the Reds are going to run away with it. I think the Reds will run away with it. They've just got the ability to score, and they're not going to have as much pressure defensively. Not that the rebel, the Sunwolves have been bad or the Wolves, but I just think the Reds will run away with it. Yeah. Very good. All right, let's move on to the Stormers and the Haguaris. So the Haguaris heading off on their South African tour. Um, yeah, so we'll start with injuries. Uh, with Salman Marat, we said concussion, but I wouldn't be too worried because uh, even if he does return to play, it'll likely be off the bench. You'd have to think J.D. Schickling slots straight back into starting after a successful comeback last week. Uh, like, Augustin Creevy not travelling to the Republic of South Africa with a quad injury. So, oh, sorry, um, I'm, I'm wrong. Bicep, bicep. Bicep injury? Yeah. Oh, okay. Just too many kills in the gym. Um, trying to impress the ladies. Uh, no, he... Um, it's good news for Julian Montoya owners. So, three tries last week. Should have been four. Um, I'm not sure whether he'll be able to do the same this week, but um, he'll definitely be getting lots of minutes because the, the backup is a relatively... Junior hooker, <clears throat> whose name I can't even remember. It might be Sklavi, I'm not sure. But um, very hasn't, hasn't seen almost any super rugby time, so I don't expect him to see a boatload this week. Uh, oh, other injury, Geronimo de la Fuente. He was pulled pre-game. I'm not sure with, but we'll have... Uh, well, you're just dropping out there. Uh, Geronimo de la Fuente. Just to, just to cover you, sorry, mate, you dropped out. Geronimo de la Fuente, not sure what it was, but apparently he'll be monitored through the week to see if he plays or not, so I assume that means he's on tour. Excellent. Have you got me again? Yep. Sadly. All right. Ret- <laughs> returning, Yako Kutsir from concussion, uh, Herschel Yachis from uh, a minor injury, and for the Hags, Joaquin <laughs> diaz Bonisha with a oblique or abdominal muscle strain. So I should see the three of them back in, but uh, just watch this face again. Um, I reckon obviously both teams go a 5-2 split on the bench. I think they both know exactly what they're going into. It's going to be an absolute <laughs> forward battle, um, and they're just going to slug it out. So um, as I said, I think Shigling will be back in there starting, probably partnering with Chris Van Zyl to go for a bit of experience and size there. Um, Marat, if he gets through the return to play protocols on the bench. Um, whilst... Yako Kutsi had been absolutely brilliant. I think uh, as good as... The way Yano Augustus played last week, surely he gets another start at eight. Um, he was immense, and uh, I've really been looking for that size and physicality this week. So um, I, I could I see them... See him in- I reckon Kutsi could play open side, and they'll drop Peter Steph's brother. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, I think that's a very good possibility. And then on the bench, go with uh, Johan de Toit and um, Ernst van Ryan again. I don't know if you saw Ernst come on last week but he was massive <laughs> it was much bigger than I remember him did you guys notice him 
Oh, you haven't watched the game yet? No, I did, didn't, um, didn't notice him. No. <laughs> all good. Um, and then for the Stormers, I can't see uh, young Rickus Pretorius running out in this one, so I don't know what happened to the plan. John Dobson hasn't laid us a... Dobson a, screwed us. Australia yet. Yeah. He screwed us. But, uh, we were singing his did, praises. Uh, I think he, he was. Yeah, he'd been telling us everything. He he was testing to see if we were actually listening because he he listens to the pod. He's a big fan, and he wanted to see if we picked shout up on it. Him. Yeah, yeah. Shout that's it. So shout out, John, mate. Just keep a uh, keep us going, boy. So yeah, with that, um, Jamie Roberts, um, he'll start again. He didn't he didn't have a very good game. He dropped a couple of balls, like a couple of kickoffs and um, a few knock-ons and things. But um, I think I still want him. Just he kind of really shores up that back line and just has a bit of experience. I think he actually calls a lot of the shots. Defensively, he calls people in and stuff. So I um, think he'll be in there. Um, for the Jags, yeah, we said Montoya back starting. Diaz Benicia, he's going on tour, so he's back from his uh, couple of weeks out with injury. Um, do we see him thrown back in to start? I mean, so Miotti, they both got injured at the same time, Diaz Benicia and Miotti. Miotti had two weeks ago, he had his leg very heavily strapped. This week, he just played no strapping on the legs whatsoever. Didn't really look like he was struggling with any mobility. So, um, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty hard to stop starting for um, Miotti. I mean, we said I agree. in our yeah. preseason, Look, how, I, how long would it be? I think on this tour, that my, my gut tells me you will see Benicia get a crack at it, um, but then lose it and never get another one again. The classic Jaguares trip of where they yeah. play like a bit of two teams and they just kind of swap Away. them game by game is yeah. definitely a possibility as well. Yep. I think, I think the problem for... for Diaz Benicia and Mike for mine is that I think Miotti can just play both styles. <laughs> he can play the Diaz Benicia more typical 10 style and he can kick it way further. Miotti's kicking the touch and territory game is unbelievable. He's also. Um, and he can also play like the exciting run the ball kind of 10, which yeah. Diaz Benicia can't. He's also just way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In every facet, that's right. Um, yeah. And his kicking's not bad either. I'd say um, he's, like, he's a little bit like uh, Luke Romano. Is, is that what you were saying? Everyone's like Luke Romano, mate, with no similarities. Yeah, I'm not sure where you've gone with that. But uh, look, I'll round out this game. Uh, Hagaros had the test of the powerful red scrum last week. Um, to be honest, I thought they got absolutely monstered by it. But um, if they'll certainly be spending most of their training this week um, in the scrum, I'd say, after that. And so They're going to get um, smoked. They should be, should be after the Stormers, Stormers task mm. for that. Well, I don't know. If the Lions could step up, they're, they're set piece <laughs> for the, um, the Stormers. Yeah, Hagiwara should be able to as well. Hagiwara so suck at scrum time. See how time. that goes. <laughs> uh, both teams love a line-out mall, so we'll see how that plays out. The Stormers' defence uh, is insane, so it's, it's really, to me, it's about whether the Hagiwaras can bring their their offence and whether they can bring it early. You know, I mean, I know last uh, last match they came with everything in the second half, but uh, the Stormers don't give away lots of penalties. They don't give away lots of yellow cards, so I can't see, like, a three-try yellow card session uh kind of giving them redemption. So they're going to have to really get into the game early in Newlands. But um, I think, personally, I think the Stormers will have this one. What do you guys reckon? Um, yeah, in, because it's in South Africa, I'll, I'll give them the edge, but it should be a close game. I think that they'll offer a lot more in attack than some of the other teams they're playing. And obviously the Stormers were opened up a bit by the Lions. And by the... Oh, I, yeah. I forgot. Did we say the, the Haguaros uh, in our preseason? Don't have very good success in South Africa. Yeah, they, they don't have good success in South Africa. They play really well in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, but in South Africa they do really terrible. Yeah, so, um, just note that I guess. Yeah, look, the uh, the final game I'm pretty sure it is for us is the the Bulls and Blues with this uh, shorter week. 
Uh, injuries to note, obviously, Josh Goodhue, we said he had a bit of an ankle injury. He's probably aiming back at round six, is, is what they're saying. Yeah, the Blues have gone on tour, so he's not on tour. Yep. Um, and then potential returns. This is going to get a, a few people in this pod inter- uh, excited. Rico Iwani, could we see him back? What do you think, Harry? Could we see him back? Well, he's on tour, so I would say yes. It's not a short tour, is it? Two weeks. Yeah, so he could be back next week. I'm not interested in that, Yuani, but um, he's the only one going on tour, though. <laughs> but he's the only one who's ever going to play. That's right, mate. Apparently, they've Seems only like got room for one specialist eight in the squad, and Hoskins Tutu is so good that they can't justify taking Akira. It's devastating. Personally devastating <laughs> for me, and I'm no doubt a number of managers. Are you going to drop him? He's your namesake. Shakira, Shakira. He's never leaving my team. He's never leaving my team. <laughs> Straight to the bottom for you then. Go All on. right, mate. Uh, and the other one that could be there that would be interesting is Oteri Black uh, after his rib injury. Do we see him back? I don't think we'll see him come straight into the starting spot. Maybe it's off the bench, pushing Perifetta to 15 at that point. But will he do enough? He might might get that chance at 10. As long as Perifetta stays on the team, I don't care. I don't care. No, I don't really place. care for Perifetta. <laughs> he, he failed for me years ago, just like Oteri Black has to. Um, <laughs> no way, he was a weapon a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I think, the, I think the, the difference is that Perifetta has heaps of potential. I don't know yeah. if Terry Black did. No. Nah. Uh, I agree. I he's, agree. Mate, Terry is the new Black. Huh? He's definitely not. He's a wooden spoon team. So, look, the main thing out of this can the Bulls get their first try of the season? I don't think so. No. <laughs> I do not think so. No. Not if Mornay yeah, stay. I, I was going to say, I reckon Look, I'd be putting my house on first points to be him doing that. Um, that's probably yeah. especially considering the Blues can't kick. It, yeah, it's probably paying Is a it dollar. A Bulls penalty or a Blues try? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, seriously, it's round three. Can they get a try? I mean, <laughs> three, three rounds ago, round four. Um, look, the the Bulls have solid outside backs. They've got Helland, They've got Hendricks. They've got Spec Magic. They've really, they do have talent out wide, um, which brings us back to Stain. Like, seriously, get, they can't really build an attacking team around him. He does what he does in Northern Hemisphere-style rugby brilliantly because he can control the game so well. He can kick to corners. He can kick into to positions that, that they want to be, and he can kick a penalty from a mile out. But how many times do they have to lose before they realize that's not going to win you games in Super Rugby? Um, you're actually going to have to learn to score a try because seriously, their attack at the moment has been absolute pus. Um, Manny LeBoc on the other side of things, he is dynamic. He offers a lot in attack. Yes, he's pretty raw. Yes, he's pretty young. But he's a guy that is exciting and that could ignite that back line. Um, it's just, it's, he, he's just not, he's not Pretoria. He's not high belt rugby. It's not what it is, mate. He's, he's got to venture to another club if he wants to get some game time, Manny. Yeah, well, give give Mornay Stain when they're they're playing in the high field, and then give Libok everywhere else. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, look, do, do the Blues persist with Perifetta, boys? You you guys both think Perifetta's starting this week at ten? Yep, absolutely. Do we think we're going to see a Terry Black in that 22-23 jersey? Or I mean, look, realistically, Perifetta fits that role better. He can cover a number of positions. I don't see it happening this week. Um, but yeah, I, I reckon that he'll be on the bench. Perifet on the bench, yeah. No, a terrible. I mean, Black a terrible Black on the bench, yeah. Personally, I'd go with a five-two split again. I mean, look, they know that the, 
the Bulls' entire game is, is just in out muscling you in the forwards. Like well, they don't really have any threats in the back line. To be honest, like I would just I would be putting five two. Well, how perfect how perfect five two if Perifet is your twenty three jersey, mate. It doesn't matter, man. Yeah. You can stay on and play 80 minutes. You can keep saying that. He's starting, bro. He'll play the game. He'll shift back to 15 like he did last week. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I agree. That's exactly what's going to happen, but I'm just trying to annoy Harry. Um, look, no Akira on, uh, on Tua. We've already touched on that, but to Tutu, I mean, he's seriously, he's continuing to rise. He's a really talented player. He's doing a lot of the work for them. Um, by all reports, Akira isn't there on merit. That's what they said. He's not there on merit. So if yes. you're a, if you're a manager of him, don't listen to Craig's. Get rid of the bloke. Now you'll still get value <laughs> on the black market for him, I reckon. Yeah, the black people, market. People are just holding on to the Akira of old that played three seasons of Look, consecutive games. I, I'm telling you now, if AJ or someone's listening to this. He is coming to you going, look how good he was last year, and he's going to try and trade rape him like he did last week. Craig's, mate, you're a terrible bloke. I just want that to be heard. Um, and you suck at fantasy footy. That's, that's about it. I think the the Blues oh, the Blues are going to win here just because the Bulls can't score a try. But it'll be close. And it won't be a lot of tries. It's true. All I'll say is it is concerning signs with Akira because, as I said, I think this would be a perfect 5-2 split game. And who better to come off the bench than Akira? But, uh... apparently, <laughs> apparently others, mate. Apparently lots of others. Yeah, heaps of others. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I, I don't know what I think in this game. Look, I mean, the Bulls are that terrible that I think the Blues will win it. But... Um, I don't think by much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I just think the Blues need to win. I think the Bulls will win, to be honest. But I think the Blues need to win to have any chance in this season. Do you think the Bulls... What would we paying for the Bulls to win with no tries? No, they'll score one. <laughs> I reckon I'll get there first. Oh, will Le- LeBoc coming in off the bench or something? They could score 30 points with one try, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's mathematically possible. And that means that it is <laughs> no. time... Yeah, so, uh, uh, oh, you're just you're testing out the, the numbers. Yeah, all right. Well, no, we'll with that, blah. we move on to. What you gonna do with that dessert? Do what do I need that? to you by 15 gelato that we are yet again not eating. Harry, what was the ice cream you were eating about an hour ago before we started Sempod? Uh, it was gelato Messina-inspired Cornetto. God damn, it was good. Look, I, um, I, my body's a temple, and I only put 15 gelato if I'm having gelato, and seeing as they're, they're not bringing it, I suppose it's going to be a long time until I have 15 gelato, and I was eating a peach like a good healthy person. Are we still sponsored by 15 gelato? I think they're now nine gelato or something. Yeah. yeah, it's true. We're losing patience. Maybe, but, maybe um, this has been so long that this is on us now. This is yeah, our, <laughs> our mistake. Yeah. Right, we're almost going to have to start our own ice cream, uh, I mean, gelato business, <laughs> just to um, Mate, I know, you know, really stick it to them. I know where the factory is at 15 Gelato, and I know how to get in the house. We could just make it happen ourselves. Just print new labels. <laughs> no, I mean, just go eat <laughs> Sounds it. Sounds good. <laughs> Just because you suggested Harry went, I'm going to go instead. 
Um, by average, average points, average fantasy points. This will surprise you, Cracks. Garth April, he's sitting on top with 52 points per match. He's uh, he's doing a lot better than everyone suspected. Is Don't he a free agent for us? No, I think he is taken. I think it was taken round one. The super sub, Alex Nabon picked him up in the draft, I believe. Yeah, wow. and he picked up their halfback too, which Paige, Rudy Page, that was a mistake. But yeah, no, Garth April, I think he's he's going to continue to get some points and he'll definitely get minutes. Eight. He attacks the line well. Yeah. Well, let's, we'll get to that. He's playing very, very well. Uh, Domingo Miotti, he's uh, on 38 points. That's a significant drop of about 14 points. Exactly 14, actually. Elton Yanti is, is coming at 37 points. Steven Perafranchise so, at 32. Yep. Worth, worth mentioning that April's had a bye, though, so he's only played the two games, whereas most of these other players yeah, have played through. Yeah, I mean, averages, is, it's a tricky little thing, averages. It doesn't matter how many games you've played. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean. We're only talking about two. To, we're only talking two to three games. It does make a difference, though. I know, mate. But um, I'm pretty sure Miotti's only had two. Cruden's only had one or two, maybe. Um, there's a few other ones. Moanga, he, he's only had a couple. Um, Aaron Cruden's on 28. Damian Vilemsi, bit of a flop to to the now actually with 27 points. I think he did all right on the weekend. Claren Bosch, 24 points. Richie Moe, 21 points. Something to note there, no Australians. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and we were so excited about our 10s. Yeah, but they're young. I think the main thing is what you're seeing right now is there's not a lot of young guys in there, really. Everyone here has been Do around. Do Yeah, he's the only one, um, and I'm pretty um, sure he's the least likely to continue scoring well. We've already touched on this. Our young 10s are great. They're just in Australian teams. That's the problem. So it's yeah, all good. True. Yeah, send them over there. Somewhere all right, so if we have a look at how these guys run the ball, now we flip it on its head a little bit. Mr. Stephen Perofetta, Nelson's best mate, runs the ball 8.3 times per game, the top out of any fly half, for a roughly 56 metres a game, which is third, and he breaks 2.7 tackles a game. So he's going to make, you know, three tackles, two to three tackle busts a game plus the rest. Um, Craigs, you're really good with averages. Do you want to explain how there's, there's points in this? Uh, what do you mean? As in two point seven tackle busts? Uh, I just thought you, it was time for you to jump in. Means he almost breaks the tackle. <laughs> he almost breaks the tackle. Um, Garth oh, April. So it's, like, it's like Nelson. It's like Nelson making it up in real life. He's he's, he's almost breaking a tackle, but he never has. So but that's what I do. So Garth <laughs> Garth April runs eight times a game, so still right up there. But runs seventy nine meters a game at second, so big points there, and a couple of tackle busts for fourth. The guy that I think we I want to highlight the most here is Damien Valemsi. Yes, his average isn't that high, but he runs 6.7 average times per game, so still up there. 81 metres, so a little bit more than Garth April, who's been in phenomenal phenomenal form for the most run metres, and 3.7 tackle busts a game. So he's running a lot, making good metres and breaking tackles, which is what we want to see from him. So I actually think that he and Perifetta are the most likely for their averages to shoot up if Perifetta continues to get his game time. I'd be more nervous than Perifetta. I'm not. Elton Yanchis <laughs> has six average runs per game for 53 metres in fourth. So, again, he's been better than we expected. And, and because of that, I think that he'll probably rectify his own position. Dominic, uh, Domingo, rather, Miotti uh, makes 2.3 tackle busts a game for third. 
uh, 4.7 average run meters. I think that he's going to struggle just purely on game time with Bonisha coming back as well. Uh, and then we drop down a little bit more. Cruden, Lolesio's in there with four runs each. Richie Moe and Joshuane, 3.5 each as well. There, yeah, um, that does drop off pretty quickly. There's there are some rookie numbers by Joshuane. He's going to have to bump those babies up. Well, he's at 12 as well. Shouldn't he be running more? He should be. Yeah. He's not. Get rid of Hunt. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think none of us are, are still a fan of this double playmaker role. I mean, I feel like they're really going to persist with it. Where I'm not sure that they should. Well, look, um, Tay Walden's back. That's that's the real the real thing that can that can stop that. I reckon. Yeah, it depends on Rob Thompson too. Yeah, for sure. Do you want to take us through kicks, Crags? <laughs> sure. Um, this is well, where you don't want to see a fly half named, right? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, look, I, I think he's turned into a robot here. <laughs> so, look, I'll... Uh, I'll, I'll yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, what's not sounding? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you, mate. Go on. So that we can see you too. Okay. All right, mute All right, I think we're cutting you. You can get cut. Craig's is done. All right, so Kerwin Bosch, he makes about 15 kicks a game, kicking 502 metres, showing you that obviously he's kicking for distance. Um, that's um, 502 in total. Is that correct, Harry? Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's that's massive numbers. Mornay Stain he kicks 12, surprisingly less than than Bosch, but still kicking 421 meters. Domingo Miotti or Domingo or Domongo, whatever Harry said the first several times, he kicks 11 for 365 meters. Elton Yanches kicks 9.3 times a match for 374 meters. And Garth April. He's lots in there at fifth. Yeah. How does Yanches have higher kicking meters than Miotti? He's kicking distance, mate. Miotti's doing more crossfield kicks to, to get mm, to right. regather his wingers and things like right. that. Okay. And Garth Abel kicks eight point five for only two hundred and sixty meters. So that's almost half the kick meters of Kerwin Bosch. Yes, two games. So two what's games. what's the takeaway? Basically Kerwin Bosch and Mornay Santa <clears throat> kicking all their ball away. Yeah, they're just kicking away their chances. They, they're they low on fantasy points, and they just kick the ball tons, and they're not retrievable kicks because they're so large metres. So stay away from them. <laughs> I'd, I'd get rid of them pretty quick. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That takes the uh, the last one then. The last stat that we're going to go through is just actual scored points per game. Uh, Craigs, do you want to just quickly dart through there? I can try again, see if you got me. Um, Kerwin Bosch, 15 points per game. I think he's had a stroke. We're going to have to cut him. He's had a stroke. Uh, best of luck, mate, with your health. Best of luck. <laughs> Call the ambulance, please, if you're listening to this. Kerwin Bosch, 15 points. Domingo Miotti, 14 points a game. Garth April, 11 and a half. Cruden 11, Damien Valencia 8.7. So obviously the bankable points is what you want. Bosch is kicking too much ball away and not running enough. He wasn't even on those lists, but he is kicking a lot of shots at goal. Uh, I think that will be very tightly tied to the Sharks playing so well. So if they start to drop down, he's going to stop getting those freebie points. Whereas Miotti is actually kicking his goals and running. So good, good value from him there. I think 
Garth April, I, I'm not completely convinced he'll keep it up, but I have liked what I'm seeing. And Aaron Cruden, I think he's probably going to jump up a little bit. And Valemsi is just, he's turning up in all the right areas in terms of stats, except for his points. So I know he's probably gone high in a lot of drafts, and I'm not sure he's probably as high as people want him, but I think he will get better. Yeah, I think, I mean, if he starts to get his hand on the ball, like it's six point whatever it was a game, 6.7 I think it was, that's good. But, I mean, he can even... I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he can add a few to that when he's getting such big meters and tackle busts. Yeah. That's going to be a huge increase for a guy like that. The only other thing I would say is I, when we started doing this, I really wanted to talk about Will Harris and Noel Alessio. Yeah. All the uh, the fly hearts from the show, but sadly not one of them ranked anywhere. So uh, hopefully they can rectify that in the next few weeks. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely build with confidence. Look, I think that's uh, another week done for us. We've lost Crags, which, I mean, I'd love to hear. Um, but he's, he's standing there looking at us. Craigs, do you want to try and say goodbye? Robot Craigs here. Um, <laughs> if you can hear me tuning out now, signing out, let's sign off. See you, mate. Well done. All right, we'll see you, see you next week.